Welcome back to Fitness or Fiction, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the hype of the health and fitness industry. Every week, we dig into a new topic and help you wade through the real information to make solid decisions on your fitness journey. And boom, we're live. That's my intro, but yeah, you can Ah, take it. I stole it. Welcome back to Fitness or Fiction. Senator Howden is with me today. I'm here with Counselor Berg. I do like Counselor. It sounds like a Jedi. Yeah, it does. You're on the council. Today, we want to discuss a little bit of exercise intention and how that uh, fits to your approach to your fitness. So we had a listener reach out, and one thing that he said, Stu, a little shout out, uh, one of the big things that he said was, you know, I'm still approaching my workouts with intention. And this is from a, a quick conversation on a previous podcast. And this is something that I think is worth having a larger discussion on because it is what I would call multifactorial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can take it in a bunch of different routes. Um, how we're going to approach it, though, is your micro cycle your macro and meso that's right so yeah. we're just gonna kind of zone in to take okay from a you know ten thousand foot view it would be this kind of value from a more zoomed in kind of meso level it would be more like this and then from more of a zoomed in level still like a micro level it would probably look like this and i think part of the interesting thing is that you are not in fact the same person as me so you likely have some interesting insights and things outside of what i do so we can we can both learn as per usual. Yeah, I'll say words. I don't know how valuable they're going to be, but I'll definitely <laughs> say words. Well, I'm glad. So I think um, when we talk about exercise intention, we're talking about how you execute things, but also your mindset and focus towards said execution. Absolutely. Yeah. So do we want to talk about the micro first? What if we started from the big view and then moved in? Sure. Your choice. So we can start zoomed in and move out. What Let's go want? big. Like go. your biceps. Oh, that's but nice. boom. I got them put away today in a t-shirt. <laughs> you know, it's not that warm. Okay, so the big the big view intention would be, in my opinion, looking at your next three to six to potentially a year worth of training and uh, how you're going to approach that. And in order to approach that correctly, you would need to have, like, essentially smart goals, like specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, timely goals. Like, if you don't have accurate goals or no no fan, like plan or focus going forwards something i've always said is kind of like random training yields random results and i've been doing a lot of random training myself personally throwing myself under the bus like i haven't been on a program and i am getting results but they're definitely random and i definitely know things are being left to the side that i'm neglecting or things are falling behind that i don't want to fall behind yeah i think as per usual we're kind of thinking on this in similar but different ways okay well that's mine so I like it. I do like that. And I want to I want to dig into that a little bit more. Um, should I give you in tandem the kind of direction I was going? We can talk about each one? Or yes. do you want to just dig into yours first? We can do so that. mine is like kind of looking at the focus, the focus of program let's, and the focus of goals that. and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah, okay. So digging into our SMART goals. As far as intention behind the program, where do we start? So SMART goals, what's the first question? What's goal number one? Yeah, sure. Let's hear it. How do we how do we develop this goal? 
Are we talking about my goals or just in generalities? Just in generalities. (laughs) You're sitting down with somebody. What's the first question? Like for me, I think this has very big utility for the average person. And like, well, I'm trying to identify what I want to do. There's this infinite number of things that I can identify. How am I going to break that down? And and how am I going to take my steps forward in what I want to accomplish? So for me, when you ask somebody, what's the number one goal you want to accomplish? You know, they give the general answer like, well, I just want to be healthy or I want to lose weight or I want to put on muscle. And for me, I was in a life coaching course that said that if you don't ask the question why five times, you're not getting down to the real answer. If you don't have a strong enough why behind your intent, the intent is probably not going to, it's going to fall short, essentially. So I'm looking for the goal, but I'm really looking for the why. And the why typically is like my ears are listening for a person to say like, well, if I get this, I'm going to feel better or... I feel this way currently and I want that change. So I'm normally looking for like some kind of emotional attachment to the goal, not just the goal itself. As per usual, we're arriving in a very similar place going about a different kind of perspective because we're different humans. I, I think that as far as goal setting goes, establishing your intention is the best thing you can do and establishing that via story is the best way. So exactly like you're saying, not different at all, just different words, because we both use lots of those. So you make people write a book before they train. Correct. <laughs> Paint me a picture of where you're at right now. Mm-hmm. Paint me a picture of where you want to be. Yeah. And now tell me why you want to be there. Mm-hmm. Those three things are huge. I was, I was speaking with my wife today on, on a very high level. She's, she had a baby five weeks ago, and... She, well, I guess we had a baby, but she did, it was her, she did it, so all props to her, not me. But anyways, Leo's five weeks now, today, hey Yeah. and um, she's, she said to me today, well, I've got this kind of bucket list I want to do while I'm on mat leave. I have things I want to accomplish, and one of them is I want to get, get in shape. And so as we dug into this more, it was like, well, okay, well, we, we know kind of where you're at, and, you know, how you're feeling, because we're married and we talk, and... So I said, I think the best thing you can do with that is tell me what that means. Like, what, what is that? Paint me a picture. So I, I have the idea of where she's at. So paint me a picture. Where, what are you trying to do? Like, you look fantastic. You've, I think that thinking about the way that your body looks right now after what you've just accomplished is crazy. I'm going to put that out there. Um, I'm so proud of her already that I'm like, I don't know what you have as far as goals because you're amazing. But she says, well, you know, it's really... It's really just hinging around. I want to create a habit of exercise. Oh, great. Let's talk about that. Um, what sort of habit are you looking for and why? Like, so literally paint me a picture you want to be. She says, okay, well, I want to be to the point where I'm working out three times a week for 30 minutes, which she, in, in the time that we've been married, which is almost 15 years, hasn't been something that has been really, really consistent for her. There has been times where she's been more and less involved, but we're very different people. That's a really big part of my life and not the biggest part of hers. Yeah. So I actually think that's a super strong goal because it's, it's behavior based. And, and so we we got it time oriented. I said, okay, well, what does that habit look like? Three times a week, 30 minutes, beautiful. Love it. That's great. Now, what type of exercise are we talking about? Like, what can you be happy with? She's like, I don't really know. So what if we started simple? We get on the bike, 30 minutes, three times a week, just gentle, just go. Yeah. Then we can start adding in one session that's kind of like moderate intervals, something that's not going to make you feel ill that we can kind of get going on. And then eventually, like six, eight weeks in, we can start going one day of short intervals, one day of moderate intervals, one day of just steady state. And when you feel 
comfortable enough, then we can start teaching you resistance training type stuff and, and how to control your body a little bit better and that sort of thing. But establishing what we want first, let's start with the lowest hanging fruit. And to me, I, I walked away from that conversation being like, wow, like that's, that's actually really, really good. It's not, well, I need my butt to be X size or anything like this. It was literally like, I want to establish the habit. Well, they have surgeries for that, so you don't need to really exercise for a butt. But ever since I had it, my butt feels different. <laughs> the thing, the cheeks move around more. <laughs> <laughs> my left side's a little bit numb still. It's weird. Yeah. So you got her to paint a picture. Yeah. Just and this is what I do with clients too. Like, tell me where you're at. Tell me where you're wanting to go, and then let's let's really dig into what's behind that. And you know, what's behind that is more of a personal conversation, and I don't want to really speak on her behalf behind that but the stuff that i am willing to say is like well you know i, I want to do it to be a, a good example for the kids to make sure that i have the best opportunity to take care of my health x y and z so yeah um with your goal setting though smart that's fits it's the exact same thing it's intention based as well i think it's important to talk on the flow state okay i think me and you have talked about that we as have. well but i think it fits into the macro that big picture mm-hmm. um to try to keep it simple you know the kiss theory Essentially, like you're looking for a flow state being like if you take it too easy on yourself, if it's not challenging enough, it's not going to be rewarding enough and you might get bored and then you're just going to flop because it's boring. Right. Whereas if it's too challenging and you go too hard too soon, that's going to cause anxiety and cause extra stress. And then you might quit because you're just getting smashed and you don't feel like you can keep up with it. And you're like, a lot of people have this all or nothing mentality where like, well, if I can't work out five days a week, then there's just no point in doing it. Like, or if I can't, if I can't work out three days a week, or if I can't meal prep and have every meal prep, like perfect, I'm just going to fall apart. So ensuring like, and that's where a coach's eye or a coach's perspective can be valuable being if you're not actually like in that flow state with like the right amount of challenge to make it feel rewarding, but not too challenging where you're actually getting stressed out or you're going to hurt yourself. That's an important way. And that goes for the macro, the mezzo and the micro, all, all areas of focus need to consider that flow state. Yeah. For me, that's a huge thing. That's, I think that's from tiny habits, isn't it? That one. It's from a book. Yeah. From books and things, literature. Um, I think that's a huge thing. And I've had a lot of people ask me why I still hire coaches and first the reason is because i want to continue to learn and there's no better way to learn than going through it yourself Mm -hmm. everything that you teach that you've already done is just taught differently and and in my view a lot times a lot of times better um but the other part of having a coach that's been really valuable for me is i get to pull apart every conversation and, and wonder if i would have had that different and also understand how i feel on the other end of it so it's really important but that flow state thing um my coach is asking me to do stuff that is borderline uncomfortable for me right now and has shown to be very, very valuable for my left leg. So I've recently started describing where I'm at as not remission, but recovery because I'm actually taking more, more control of my left leg than I had mm-hmm. and diminishing the, the shakiness and, and dysfunction that happens when I fatigue it. Yeah. So for me, that's, that's a really important thing. And when we talk about intention, the macro level is established okay, how do I, how do I know I'm winning? And then how do I step that backwards and create a process? And oftentimes that's going to involve a coach, but it doesn't have to. I've seen people do this successfully, not very often, but I have seen it where people are very successful on their own. And that's the process they go through. They paint the picture. Well, they understand all the whys behind it and what their intention in doing this is. And, um, 
yeah, things things get crazy real quick. Yeah, it's very plausible to be successful solo. But again, just that accountability, the support. Like I talked to a consult that I had last week that was like, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty motivated girl and I don't think I ever needed a trainer, you know, but I'm like, you know, it's just a different experience. So like you can't perceive the value of something that you haven't truly experienced yourself. And that being said, having somebody in your coach, in your corner, like myself, whose sole job is to be 100% concerned with like your health, like your mental health, your physical health, your wellness, and making sure that you're like doing your exercises and your program to its like peak level of performance and holding your hand because it's a completely different experience. And I say it's a luxury because training is expensive Mm -hmm. and it's a luxury. Like I have some clients, you know, on the higher end of things who train very frequently and, um, you know, they train three or four times a week. To me, that is a a heavy luxury that not a lot of people can afford. It gets expensive when you start trying to train every day. But man, if I was a movie star and I had millions, I would absolutely have a trainer with me every single workout. Like, why wouldn't you if you could? Well, I'll tell you, like, I'm working out right now with uh, Caleb Kostanuk. He owns Resolute Training and, um, and Adam from N1. And the first week that I saw Caleb, he gave me a drill for SOAS that I really wasn't able to do on my left side. Mm hmm. And he had to he had to assist me on every single rep, and he did so like a champ, and he understood more of where it was at, and it was huge. But more valuable than that was this was week six, and I'm doing more weight, three sets of ten, no help, and having the coach there for all of the other value there. One of the big things for me was that he saw with me what happened. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Do you understand what you just did? This is super exciting." Yeah, and I'm I'm like, "Yeah," but it it to me it it was more notable because somebody else saw it, experienced it, and noted it, right? So, yeah. But on that macro level, I think the biggest thing to understand is, again, coming back to the concept that we've talked a few times about is really understand your why. What's on the line? So not only what am I trying to accomplish, but what's on the line if I don't, and what is the value of, of actually sticking with it? Mm-hmm. So... So let's jump down now into miso. a zoomed-in miso. Yeah. Miso soup. Yes, a miso soup. Mezzo. So the mezzo cycle, this is like a little bit more of a zoomed in outlook or approach. So rather than looking at it from a three month, six month or a 12 month window, now we're looking at, I would say, like your specific program or your specific next cycle, next phase, next focus, four to six weeks kind of snapshot. Yeah, sure. We could, you can identify this how you like, more zoomed in than the big picture. It's like, okay, so how am I, how am I approaching the workouts how am i how am i entering into this and this kind of fits in with what we discussed a couple of weeks back about you know rolling in with bitterness against your workout oh i hate exercise and things like this so you know i think if we identify this it could be anything greater it could be even a day i think the micro that we get into we can talk about the exercise itself like the actual set anything of like approaching the start of the workout that day i would call this like the way you show up yeah. So like we can take it away from time oriented and just make it a bigger picture where it's like four weeks all the way down to the way you start your workout, but not the actual exercises in the workout. Okay. Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah. So the meso level, when we start talking about it, the way you show up is, is kind of the topic I'd like to discuss. Okay. Like that's, that's kind of where I see it going. Where do you see it going? I see them like the mesos, like more along the lines, the discussions I've had over the past year or two, especially during COVID times, there's been a lot of ebbs and flows in Mm -hmm. life. And uh, 
I talk to people about those ebbs and flows in their mindset when they approach their workouts being like, you know, people be like, oh, I want a five day program. I'm going to crush a five day. And then for two weeks, they only hit three days. They can only execute three days out of the five. And they're like, then they're negative and beating themselves up because like, man, I didn't get those. But they're they're overstretching themselves. They're like spreading themselves too thin. And then it adds this negative addition to their mindset being like, well, I'm failing at the gym because I'm not executing my program. Whereas if you committed to a three day program and murdered those three days with high execution, high intensity, you would feel like you're winning. But because there's two added days, because you're not you don't have enough like self reflection or awareness to adjust to the ebbs and flows of your life, like, you know, I've trained six, seven days a week before. Right now, I train maybe three to four days a week. And, you know, like the ebbs and flows of you being like, you know, when new baby pops, ebbs and flows of your workouts change. You know what I mean? Like even, uh, I don't know what exactly happened, but I'm assuming like we were supposed to swim uh, Friday or two ago and you text me and you're like, yo, I need to rest. And I'm assuming that was just an ebbs and flows thing of, you know, life was, you had a crazy day or you had a crazy week and you needed to just chill. And that's, you probably didn't beat yourself up over it. Like if you approach your swimming, swimming's fun to us. It's not exercise. That's true. But if you approach it as like a workout day and you missed it, you might beat yourself up like, oh, I miss swimming. Oh, people will do that. So to me, it's more along the lines of like the awareness of your program and what you're trying to do if you planning. know yeah planning yeah. if you know you're going to be limited sleep or rest or stress is higher if your stress is higher maybe you shouldn't be doing a program that's like just trying to crush you into the ground maybe you should dial that program back like okay. i've done lighter phases from you where yeah. curtis i'm super stressed and you give me like a apk ampk yeah. ampk protocol program something that's not going to add to my stresses yeah you know what i mean so that's that's more of the meso focus for me yeah, I like that because yours is more on the planning side and mine's more like the way you show up. So it's two different two different realms. So we didn't arrive at the same place on this one, which is cool. I like that. Um, I think the planning thing is, is something that bears mentioning because once you've established your why, it's like, well, how am I going to plan this out to work? And a lot of the people that I talk to, they have these lofty ambitions. Like, oh, I got a home gym. I'm going to work out six days a week. And I'm like, yeah, what are you doing right now? Well, I haven't been. It's like, okay, tell you what, how about we start with two? And if you crush two for two weeks in a row, we'll add an extra one. And if you want to repeat those same two workouts this week, cool. But like, let's start with two because then we're winning either way. We can build up something positive and something that we know is bite-sized for you. Yeah. And that has been huge. Like to your point, as soon as they start getting self-loathing because they're not doing it, it's not necessarily their fault. It's often a function of the ebbs and flows or, or what's going on in the world or what, what's going on with their work. Or There's a lot of outside factors here. So I think that's a really important thing. For me, I think once we've established that planning, I went a little bit deeper, or not deeper, more more um, focused in the meso, yeah. where I'm thinking about like the way that you show up. So your your concept of making sure the plan is appropriate is perfect because it, it gaps, it bridges the gap for between these two. And I'm like, yeah, the way you show up, like what, if I know that my intention is this, and I know that my outcome is this, and I know that this is on the line, and that's why I need to get this done. You need to then show up like this is This is something you get to do, not something you have to do. It's something that matters. Yeah. I talked to, to somebody this week and, you know, I posted a while ago. I had a client send me a message saying, hey, listen, I, I cut my nails myself for the first time in 10 years. I didn't have to pay for a pedicure because I can reach them again. Mm -hmm. And for me, uh, it just brings back that the small things are only small things when you can still do them, man. Yeah. Like... 
when somebody says, oh, I just, I only had time for a 2K run, I'm like, yeah, I, there's a lot of things I would do to be able to run that much again. Mm-hmm. I, I simply can't do it with my left side at this point. Yeah. And I plan on being able to do that again. But as soon as the option to do that is gone, all of a sudden it means something. So I think that the way you show up, showing up with gratitude and excitement is something that can be an absolute game changer for people. Mm-hmm. So just reviewing the way you're showing up and all the things that you get to do which you know what talking about little wins can be you know what i'm upright and i get to walk into the gym myself there's people that have helped into the gym many times that weren't able to do it themselves my client faizan he's an awesome guy in december he was stuck in bed and this week he's like man i got to go to a real gym and that workout you gave me i was able to get some good stuff done i was able to walk between the machines myself pick up my own weights and recovering from two bulge discs in that period of time uh, is outrageous. And he's one of he's a very big success story for me that I'm super happy that we've had the ability to to adjust his life like that. But the way he shows up to the gym is now with gratitude, and the outcomes he's getting are very crazy because of that. Yeah. So to that point, the way you show up for me, uh, the coaching piece that I've had with clients, especially in the last two years, even more so. Those two years have just been constant kicks in the face but how you show up to me was you need to almost do a scan or an assessment of how you feel that day so like when you're walking into the gym or when you're driving into the gym you kind of need to do a a body scan or an assessment on like where your mindset's at like if you had a poor sleep and a really rough day at work you just got in a fight with somebody like depending on all those factors and all those stresses where you're mentally at walking into the gym it's kind of uh selecting your intent before you start and i think it's hard to select your intent until you're about 15 minutes in and like the body's actually awake and alive because i've had workouts where i'm like i have a migraine and um i really want to move today though so i'm just going to try to move a little bit and you know if i have to take things at 60 percent effort then so be it i'm just going to survive this workout and then 15 minutes in i've been doing skipping my migraine disappears and then all of a sudden i have the best workout of my life so the intention was set like before the workout that I'm just going to try to survive this one. I'm just going to try to move and I'm going to take it easy. But 15 minutes in, all of a sudden my body's like, yo, we're ready to go today. Let's like, let's see what you got. And then the intention switches being like, oh, we feel great today. So the intention now goes to like time to push. I'm going to push and I'm going to push hard. So being able to be a variable or adapt with those ebbs and flows because each day is going to be different. And I've had the conversation like if you... If you go into every workout thinking that it's going to be your best workout and you're going to feel like a rock star and you're going to chase the pump and you're going to be strong and everything, all the stars are going to align. If every workout's going to feel like that, it's very, very slim that every workout's going to be like that. How do you know you had a good workout if you never had a bad one? It's one of those things. So, and not beating yourself up when you have the bad workout. If you have the bad workout, you need to just like flow with that and be like, man, at least I got it done today. I'm going to try to get some extra sleep, get mm-hmm. my food in tighter because a bad workout can be sleep related. It can be you ate McDonald's because you didn't have any time. Have you ever tried to work out on a Big Mac? Yeah. It's not good. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's not. It, it's not it can be good. Stop. <laughs> um, my first, my first uh, trainer, Rob Anger, uh, he was the first guy I was really hunting for how to fix my back after two years of looking. He was the first guy that stopped me. He was like, oh, chill, chill, chill. How about we see what it'll let us do today? Yeah. And for me, that's such a big thing because if you show up with this concept of like gratitude, I get to do this today. I might not feel good. I might not feel bad. I'm, I'm just showing up and I'm going to see what my body lets me do today. Um, I think that that can be a really, a really big thing 
because even getting there means that you're winning. You've already won by getting there. So yeah, um, yeah. I think you know this this conversation, the way that you show up, is a, is a really big deal. And and figuring out what your planning looks like, those two things tandem that that actually works out really good. I really like your perspective on that. Yeah. Do you know Jocko Willink? Yeah. Jocko Willink was the author of that book, uh, Extreme Ownership. Extreme Ownership. Um, so he's like a military, like Navy SEAL mm-hmm. or whatever, ex-retired military guy, super disciplined, motivational speaker. He talks too about like when people want to take a rest day, he's like, you know, some people are too easy on themselves, even if you had a bad day kind of thing. Like, it's like, if you feel like you need a rest day today, but you're supposed to work out, just try to get your workout and do what you can go in there and survive it. Mm-hmm. And then tomorrow, if you wake up and you still feel like you need a rest day, Hey, so be it. Then take the rest day, yeah. but don't give into that feeling too soon. Because if you give into that sensation of like, oh, I'm tired, I need to rest. It can build bad habits because again, to my point, like I, this is a true story, like a month or two ago, huge migraine felt terrible. I was skipping rope in the gym. Every jump was like, ow, 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 ow <laughs> from the headache. It was killing me. And I was like, I don't care. I'm just going to keep doing it. Like this isn't going to kill me. I'm just going to push through it. After like five minutes of skipping, my migraine was completely gone. And it was a bad one. Like any form of light was like, oh, headache. Mm-hmm. And I felt I had a better day. The whole day the migraine was gone and I had like continued to my day like a rock star. Like it fixed me. Most people have a better day when they move. And I think one thing that we need to do is just give ourselves the ability to show up and just count it as a win because we were there. Yes, sir. I, I think that's a big thing. The... The next kind of step to this whole conversation is like, okay, well, I've understood my why, my intention, what I'm trying to accomplish. I know what's on the line if I don't. I'm planning in my schedule to do this. I'm showing up with the mindset. Now, what are we doing in each set? And for me, this is a conversation that we'll probably have to do a whole episode on one time. But, you know, when we look at the micro level, like that day, each exercise, um, the execution of each rep. Um, a lot of people just go to the gym and they're thinking about lifting weights and that's cool if you're a weightlifter, but if you're in the gym for your health, we need to slow the heck down and actually connect with your body. This should be, this should be borderline sacred time. I know that sounds pretty crazy, but the way that you control your body changes where you're putting the tension. And when you tell people like, oh, if you have anxiety towards something that is going to manifest itself in your body. It's like, well, that sounds a little hippy-dippy. It's like, yeah, have you ever been stressed and got a sore stomach? The way that you think about something really does impact your body. So when you're approaching exercise as an opportunity to connect with your body, everything changes. And the better your program is, the more you're going to understand what sort of contraction you're looking for, what sort of stimulus you're looking for. And that might seem really micro level, but if I know that I'm doing, for example, AMPK, I know I'm going to be on shortened Um, contractions. I know I'm going to be on short rests. And I know that what I'm looking for is pumping that muscle. I'm trying to get blood into that muscle. So it's not about lifting the weight, the number of reps. It's actually about sticking to my tempo and having my execution right. So I'm targeting the right thing. And really, the focus of exercise is training your brain. You're not training your biceps, you're training your brain how to connect with your biceps, because everything that happens before and after that is from your brain. So I think in that micro phase, it's like, okay, everything previous leading up to this is this. So now what does my set look like? This set versus last set, I'm going to try to execute better, find more tension, get an extra rep, whatever it is. Um, It should be more defined by the program and phase you're in. But 
even if you're just doing a random, like most people that you hear about, what do you hear? Three of 10. If you're showing up and you're like, well, last week I did three of 10 on this weight. This week, I'm going to make that weight look better. I'm not adding any more weight, but I'm going to make that tempo better. I'm going to make it look better. You'd be surprised the changes that you can get in that. Yeah. What does micro mean to you? Things like, uh, for instance, like things like calisthenics, right? Like when I do, like I was just showing you a video of me doing a back handspring. Mm -hmm. Um, that's not something that I would necessarily concerned about the volume or the reps that I get in, but making each rep much, much better. And I think people don't apply that to their generic weightlifting or generic training, like seated row, bench press. They don't really. You mean resistance training or the sport of weightlifting? Resistance training. <laughs> a yikers. Get me sensitive over here. Yeah, no. So just general general resistance training. I don't think people yeah. really focus on that. Something that I talk about people, what micro means to me or the intention of micro, and I think it kind of goes hand in hand. My brain keeps losing it though. You have a loss in everything that you were saying. It's... Uh, I had it. It was right there. You say words. Go ahead. <laughs> For me, the micro phases, we've already shown up. So now it's, it's about the way that we execute each time and understanding better how our body moves and more what we're trying to accomplish with that set. So I got it. What I was going to say was um, something I've had to talk to people, including myself, lessons that I learned from you was the body always wants to take the path of least resistance. Mm-hmm. Meaning when you're approaching every single rep, typically your body wants to do the bare ass minimum to get the job done. So if you're doing a squat or a deadlift or you're pulling some weight, any type of resistance training you do, the body really wants to do minimum work to get the job done. And if that's recruiting wrong tissue to throw your form off, that's going to do that. If you're not actually controlling like your form and making sure that you're staying in alignment in your position, um, it could be just not squeezing things hard enough. Like for me, like I would do deadlifts back in the day and be like, Oh, Curtis, it's all in my lower back, man. My low back's just taking over completely. And then you would come and you would like poke at my midsection and my core and you'd kind of like poke me and try to wake my abs up because I personally was being lazy. My body is not smart enough. Like my abs are not smart enough to just magically turn on when I'm doing a deadlift. I, like you said, my brain had to tell my core like, yo, everyone needs to fire up here to keep you strong and safe and braced properly. And I hated to death it like when you poked me because like you weren't poking me soft. Like you were actually like poking me hard enough that I was like, oh damn. Ugh. And I got to like, I had to brace myself to turn my core on. Not a lesson I would have learned, though, if you just said, oh, squeeze your core, squeeze your core more. The fact that you're giving me that kinesthetic poking and feedback, I was like, oh, damn, I actually need to tighten up here. And having that intention for each rep where I'm like, we actually got to take a proper breath in here and make sure I'm actually squeezing everything and staying in alignment. To me, it's making sure that your body just doesn't do the path of least resistance. Yeah, the brain, like people forget that it's not just anatomy, it's also neurology. Your brain's going to use what you're good at, right? And for you, you had a strong lumbar. Um, so your body was wanting to pull with that. And it was interesting because a lot of people, they say, oh, this came out of nowhere. It's like, no, this is bought and paid for, by the way, you've been doing things. <laughs> and, you know, Faizan is a guy that I've mentioned already. I'm very proud of him. I have the utmost respect for what he's accomplished. But he's like, oh, I just bulged discs out of nowhere. I was doing sumo deadlifts to focus on the glutes more. And I'm like, oh, that does not focus on the glutes more. That is glute meat and inductor. So bad choice. But Outside of that, he's like, well, I had sciatica for like two years. I'm like, man, what you were doing to your body, you were literally getting warning signs and you were asking it for the direction you went, which Mm -hmm. is a horrible thing to say in some ways because he wasn't intentionally doing that. 
But when it comes to movement, in a lot of ways, you need to understand things really well. And again, we talk about the value of coaching. I still have a coach for a reason. But the value of doing things is you're going to understand the intention behind the program and you should be figuring out, here's the muscle I'm working. So this is, this is the tension I should be achieving. This is the arm path that I'm looking for. You need to understand some larger views or, or larger perspectives at times to really get in there. But yeah, when, when, you, when you're coaching, it's also that micro level as a coach. And as a coach, we did a, a reel last week on keep things simple, simple, one cue, and for you, I wasn't telling you, well, you need to do this and pull your knees here and whatever else. It's like, man, your core's empty. Let's start there. You don't have neutral. You have overextended rooster butt. So let's not do that, right? And that was the one cue that we did. So this micro thing, it applies to a lot of stuff. But even for the coach, like when you get real deep into it, it's once the execution is right, then we can start talking about the intention of the movement, the type of contraction, the, the duration, all these sort of things yeah and like the exercise selection how you approach it all those things like for me another uh, micro piece of it is like you know i've seen these guys in the gym a select couple guys and this is specifically more of a guy problem when they're like man like you look at them and they just have these huge beefy shoulders and they just have no chest and they're like oh i don't know my chest just doesn't grow i just can't grow my chest at all but my shoulders are just exploding it's like well it's because you're bench pressing primarily with your shoulders like you're lining up everything for your shoulders and you clearly don't know how to talk to your pec like that brain muscle connection like you're not talking to your pec and you're not you're not even setting the pec up for success the way you're approaching your exercise so those are like the micro adjustments that need to be made like if you're trying to target a specific tissue because you want it to look big like you need to make sure that you're lining it up properly setting it up to win to begin with before you even worry about the intention when understanding the lineup and the intention is important but really talking from a coaching level this is another conversation too but setup is king like if you're setting people up right, um, you should just be cueing the things that allow them to lift more weight or lift the weight better. You shouldn't be like, I've seen a few TikToks lately that are talking about bench press and there's one girl in particular, her video was just word soup. It was like, pack the shoulders, drive the hips, chest up, pull the bar down. Like it was like 20 cues for bench press. I'm like, yeah, but how many of those are actually required to Hmm. tell them to lift more weight? Because that's what we want. Yeah. And, you know, this is really important on the, on the micro level. You got one to two focuses in the lift. If you're getting more than that, like you need to tell the person that you're dealing with to back off because you can't focus on all that stuff. Yeah. So at the micro level, you know, intentionality of each rep, understanding the intention of the program you're on and understanding the actual output you're asking for. It is from the brain. So connecting with your body, it can be a really profound thing once you start realizing that and your results will get crazy when you start understanding that. Yeah. To that point, when we're talking about intention per rep, and you can only think about so much things at once, you know, I introduce you, we're no stranger to doing like things for tempo, but I introduce you to that tempo timer app on our phone where like, I think me and you fell in love with that for a time. I still use it. I still use it. But, uh, to I call have her that, all sorts of names, though. To have that stupid timer on our phone tell you, like, this is your up, this is your down, this is your hold, this is your squeeze. To have her take care of that piece for you, especially when you're doing longer tempos, it was game-changing. It, it destroyed me so much harder. And then I could focus on other things because I didn't have to count. I didn't have to count the tempo. I didn't have to count the reps because she did it for me. And even if you're not doing that, the gym boss timer, I'm a big fan of for your work and rest ratios because even if you finish your reps early, you're like, oh, it hasn't beeped yet. I got time left. Jeez. Yeah. So it, it can be really important. But for me, wrapping up this conversation, intentionality is kind of a, a 
a king quality when we start looking at approaching many subjects in life, but in, we're going to get into that. But when it comes to fitness, establishing your intention and, and the big picture, the goals, then we start breaking down to that meso, what the workouts look like, my planning and, and uh, how I show up are, are going to be huge. And, you know, the last thing is, you know, I've shown up, I've got the right mindset. Now, what am I trying to accomplish with this exercise? Do I, am I getting the stimulus that I want there? Do I know, do I have any idea of what stimulus I'm looking for? Like, what is it, when I talk to people, what their, what their program is, I'm like, what are you trying to accomplish? This. Okay. But nothing works? You know, nothing. Okay. So what have you been doing the last few months? No data. So no food log, no, no diet, or sorry, no um, exercise log, no nothing. It's like, well, nothing works. It's like, well, listen, you can't make informed decisions without information. And you haven't chosen a stimulus. You haven't even heard of that sort of thing before. So there's a lot of things that we can try. And that can be something, it sounds rude, but it, it's actually something that can really be exciting because it's like, no, you, you have this whole world to be exposed to. Yep. I dig it. Yeah. Exercise. I don't have any great uh, outro, I think. Well, I think there's so many moving pieces to it, to all three cycles and to all three pieces. Like there's so many moving pieces to it. This is, again, just why like you need to have somebody in your corner to help and support you and sort these out because sorting out all this solo it's a matzo ball. And then even, you know, on our next episode, we're going to talk about this approach towards your lifestyle in general yep. and doing this in regards to your family life, your finances, your like all of that, like your relationships with your friends and stuff like that. Like it all just turns into a lot. And like, I don't know about you, but I've done some journaling in the past year, maybe like three journal entries really enjoy doing it and I get a lot of value out of it but it's still work for me to sit down and actually analyze and assess life in general let alone the small piece of my life of just my exercise and fitness so I'm looking forward to that conversation I always look forward to conversations oh, with you you, you stop you yeah. stop so if you've made it this far with us um it's been a lot of effort to listen please uh, hop on like subscribe drop us a comment or a review um, we're trying to do this to help people out. And if there's any comments, questions, or focuses that you'd like us to discuss, uh, please drop us a line because we can be real excited about that, right? Yes, sir. To me, the biggest thing that someone could do who wants to support us is share it. Share it and tag us on Instagram so we can see that you shared it. That, uh, that warms my heart. And my self-esteem is fueled by likes. So just take that into consideration and we love you. Help him survive the week. Thanks for joining us this week. We appreciate your support. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you would subscribe, follow, and throw us a like on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts.